He's so unreasonable. She's so ungrateful. He's so inconsiderate. She's so disrespectful. He's so unloving. She's so... And on and on we go, never really having a clue about what's happening in his or her world. Or do we? Let's dive into the world of his and hers and learn how we can better complement each other. Each week on his and hers, I'll talk to someone about their perspective on relationships and what they wish the other half knew. Join us as we share stories, laughs and the power of perspective. Assalamualaikum and welcome to His and Hers, where we share stories and explore the power of perspective. With me today, I'm very excited to welcome a very special guest uh, to talk about boundaries. Thank you for joining us on the show today, Shanaz. Shanaz, before we delve into the topic, please introduce yourself to the listeners who may not know you and tell them a bit about what you do. Uh, Shikran for having me. First of all, can I just check with you if the sound is okay before I carry on speaking? Yes, it's good. Okay, that's good. Okay, so I am, I am actually a registered counsellor. Um, for the last few years, I've had a private practice called Happy Confident Me. Um, so it's definitely a journey that I took later on in life after being at home with my kids for about 10 years. So I'm a matured, uh, I'm a matured counselor, but not a tired one because I haven't been working for a very long time. I do play therapy for kids. I see individual adults for therapy, couple therapy, and I run parenting, um, and consciousness workshops. MashaAllah. Okay. Now let's get straight into the topic. Um, I heard something recently the other day was, was quite heartbreaking and um, it was about divorce and how COVID-19 is, is contributing to the divorce date. And it just got me thinking um, how boundaries play a role in this and um, where boundaries come into play. Um, how important are boundaries especially in a situation that we find ourselves in now? I think that, you know, I, we relationships and marriages that were struggling before lockdown um, and didn't get a chance to work on the relationship was like pushed into like a level five crisis in terms of relationship breaking. So boundaries get tested in everyday situations, but when you're stuck at home with somebody and there aren't healthy boundaries in place, so your personal boundaries, your emotional boundaries, you have quite a few different types of boundaries. Um, and that boundary is that how, how do you want to be treated? How do you want others to regard you? What will you allow? What won't you allow? Um, that is basically your, your main boundary, your personal emotional boundary. Um, and for a lot of people, especially for women, I think the struggle is, is much harder for women um, in terms of boundary making and boundary um, asserting because it's not really a practice uh, mm. for a woman to be assertive. So when women are stuck at home, they've got to assert their, themselves with their spouse and, and with their kids. 
because you're now in the space where you're responsible for uh, teaching your kids and still keeping up all the duties at home and possibly even working from home, trying to do your own job or your own career. So you have to actually have firm boundaries in place to be able to demarcate a time to say, this is work mommy now, this is home mommy now, this is school mommy now, whatever it is, so that you actually have the power in those situations and in those relationships. Yeah, I hear you. And that brings me on to my next question. Um, you know, sometimes we're so determined on sticking to our boundaries, especially because, like you say, women, um, we we struggle with this and, and we probably have always been, um, you know, going um, back and forth with our boundaries. So how do you suggest, how can a woman um, stick to her boundaries in a respectful way, um, keeping in mind that men um, thrive on respect and, and women thrive on love. But how can we still maintain this kind of um, uh, healthy level of boundaries with those, um, those um, qualities in mind? Okay, so first of all, you can't actually maintain a boundary if you don't have one. Um, so the first thing you would need to do is to figure out what boundaries do you actually have in place and for, and secondly, are they working? Because boundaries are unique to each person. There isn't this generic blanket of boundaries. You know, I, I admire this woman. I want to uh, imitate her boundaries. You can't actually do that because an authentic person is unique and not a photocopy of anyone else. So the boundaries that she's put in place are unique to her, her temperament, her, you know, her personality, her sense of self, all of that is particularly her. I mean, myself, for instance, I've always maintained strong boundaries. Growing up, I didn't know it was called boundaries. Um, so <laughs> you're often referred to as stubborn, difficult, um, a whole lot of other words, because people aren't used to females being strong in themselves. So when you come across in that way, then you're actually bossy. You're actually bossy and um, what's, the, what's another word for bossy? Controlling, domineering. Um, you know, in that term, you often hear people say, oh, you can see who is the pants in that house. They're mm -hmm. probably referring to a bossy wife. But there's a balance, man. For me, I think I was too firm and rigid without the flexibility of empathy and consciousness and awareness and, and, and respect for others. I had to sort of pivot between being too rigid and having no clue that sometimes boundaries hurt people and learning to actually, as they say, read the room, feel the energy of the people and adjust the bound boundaries accordingly. People aren't going to applaud you for putting boundaries in place. And a lot of the women I see in therapy do not have boundaries. So the question is, how do you maintain boundaries respectfully? First, you need to find out if you have any boundaries, because often we are trying to emulate another relationship that we know closely, our parents' marriage. And if we had a dismissive, su um, submissive, uh, subordinate mother and a domineering father, we either copy that pattern or we go against it completely, which is the other extreme. The ideal is balance, balancing the relationship. This is what a husband and a wife need to work on. So just touching on what you mentioned about you need to know as an individual what your boundaries are. So say somebody who's never really um, 
you know, introspected and, and thought about what the boundaries are. How do you discover what your boundaries are? You need to go on a journey to yourself. Because um, strangely enough, I'm busy launching a series of workshops um, now in September and October, self-esteem uh, series. And one of the things we're working on is boundaries. One Another session will be just on assertiveness, um, ending off with authenticity, because in this journey, everybody wants to be authentic and they want to use the word and they want to say it. But have you discovered who you are? Are you someone that you like? Are you someone that you choose to be? Or are you someone that others have made you into to be what suits them? So this is part of the journey. You can't just say, I'm putting down a boundary and from now on, you know, um, I will not allow. But if you don't have a strong sense of self, you can't stand firm in your boundary. Remember, no one is going to know what a boundary is until you act it out in reality. It's not always about verbalizing it. My boundary is X, Y, Z. It's about how you present as a person. That is how you put the boundary in place with someone else. And how important, um, can you talk a bit about how important boundaries are in marriages? Yeah, so, so marriage is a tough one because, you know, in the beginning, everyone is so in love and you've got all those love hormones, um, which chemically, like on neuroscience, last about 18 months to two years if you're lucky. So you're not really interested in boundaries at that point because you're still completely in love and you've got your blinkers on. It's after that mark that you realize, one day you wake up and you notice that he, your husband just is always ordering you without saying please, without saying thank you. But he probably was doing it the whole time. You didn't notice. Um, and you now need to decide how do I tell him I actually prefer please and thank you. There's a courteous way you should address me. Uh, but if you grew up in a house where that's how your father spoke to your mother and you think it's okay, you probably may never pick it up. Um, I grew up where my mom was always like, she was always the crazy one shouting and talking. And my father was always the calm one. And I ended up actually just duplicating that in my own marriage where I was the crazy shouting one and my husband is the calm one. Um, and it's not, it's not, it works for some people, but I think that with boundaries, you know, like, like any relationship, boundaries in marriage have to adapt as the marriage itself grows. Um, and you, what I used to say and tolerate before or what my husband tolerated before, he may not tolerate now. We've been married quite a long time, almost 25 years. So you, you, you build a sense of growing within yourself and growing with your partner as well. Yeah, you have to be open to, to change and, and to accept change from your partner as well, while still um, knowing who you are, to know where to draw the line, to know what you can, um, you can tolerate and, and what you cannot. Um, yeah. What is the biggest misconception about marriage? You've been married very long. <laughs> what have you learned um, to be the biggest misconception about marriage? Yeah, men can't read our minds. So a lot of the times we, because we, we are strongly grounded in the feminine as women, we have a certain way we process information, process feelings. We, we, it's automatic. You're not choosing it. It's just how you're wired. So what happens is we get frustrated, angry, hurt, because we think, we think, because this is the key word, we think they know what we want. So we don't ask for it. We wait for them to read our minds. And 
Thank goodness my husband said to me many years ago, I can't read your mind. If you want something, you need to ask me. Um, so a lot of us like will suffer when we're not feeling well. Um, I'm not much of a journaler and I have journals stacked up to the roof with one or two entries in. I buy them for the prettiness and I buy the cute pen. But I came across a journal of many years ago where I wrote an entry in that I'd been to the doctor and she said, you need rest. You need to go home and tell your family, no cooking. Um, uh, I put on bed rest. Uh, my in-laws would come for supper. They can't come because I'm not going to be cooking. So I actually had journaled down all of this and how I had um, had to tell my husband, you know, I can't do anything. I need you to step in. I need you to take the kids to school, uh, this, this and that. But I had to ask. So what I had been doing previously was I'd been booked off many times before, but like a martyr, I would crawl around doing the, the deeds, you know, with a heavy heart and a pained, a pained body, um, but never asking, hoping someone would notice my suffering and would then come in, step in and say, wait, let me help you. Let me do that. But in all those years, I, it never happened until the year that I actually said out loud, I actually need bed rest. And that means climbing into bed and staying there for a few days. And I actually did that. And my husband was seeing to the kids and um, food was sorted and, you know, everything was done. And, and after the third or fourth day, I got up properly and I was a lot better. But it was more it was more than just healing my body. I took I think it was the, the place of setting down a boundary that when self-care is needed, um, don't wait for someone to tell you you look worn out. You don't look well. Take a day off. Take a break. It was about putting the boundary down that I need to take care of myself. I need to prioritize my health. And in order to take care of my family, I must be in a healthy state of mind, physically, emotionally, you know, mentally, so that I can actually be the best mom and wife and sister and whatever else uh, uh, roles that I'm, I occupy. Yes. There's two things that um, would you emphasize to me now um, as you were talking. I know, and I was thinking, we so quickly um, uh, jump into victim mode. Um, we are taking advantage of, I know I can speak about this a lot, um, you know, nobody cares or we do so much and I'm always cleaning and things. But what we fail to realize, I think, is that as soon as we just voice what's happening inside of, inside of us and maybe just ask for help and say what you need, um, I think men are willing to, to try to meet that need um, and, and try to help wherever they can. So it's about us just realizing what we need and actually um, finding the words for it and then seeing what happens. The trick, though, is I find that um, holding on to expectation sometimes could get us into trouble. So um, while you want to communicate your need and, you know, that your boundary is being overstepped or whatever the case may be, you also don't want to um, be disappointed that your boundary has not been respected. How do you handle that? So I think I think it's more it's it's more the energy you embody when you are putting this boundary down. It's not like I didn't try before. I'd been booked off many times before, but I I didn't do it in a way that was clear um, and well received. So you you need to be in a strong place when you assert a boundary. It must be something that you can stand by, right? And that is going to actually have the impact or the desired effect in your life. Like I said, pe lots of people have different boundaries. It 
must work for you in your particular situation. So, so yes, expectations, I could literally speak all day on expectations. And expectations is one of the facets of your ego, that this is the human nature. To expect, right? To expect is to be disappointed, right? To, to expect is to open the door to suffering. It is an absolute guarantee. So what are you saying in that case? You don't, you don't um, one shouldn't hold on to expectation, but yet know your boundaries firmly? No, you, you're never going to not have expectation. But if you are unconsciously functioning at a lower level of yourself, you're going to have unrealistic, right? Impossible mm -hmm. expectations and standards that can't be met. So if you're a difficult person to please, like I used to be, people actually don't care about your expectations. They don't even make an attempt anymore. So you like hurt multiplied by a hundred. Whereas if you put on a boundary and you have an, you say even a realistic expectation with awareness of the other person's ability, right? What can mm -hmm. they actually contribute? What can they actually do that's okay on their level? We want more from people often than they are able to give us back. And most of the time it's because we are givers. We are givers, nurturers who give more. So, by that token, we expect more back and we are disappointed when it isn't, not realizing that when one is in a conscious present state, you are able to see what was being offered to you instead of looking out for what you didn't get. So this is often the back and forth in marriage that you are sort of standing with your hands out, almost like you're begging for this expectation to be met and then you get left with nothing um, or you get actually left with something you didn't want. So this is the danger of, of, of expectation. You're never going to be rid of it. It's just becoming conscious of an expectation because expectation has its other three friends with it, which is judgment, the need to be right, and the need to control. The four of them are for me like key facets of ego that I talk about almost in every single conversation, whether it's individual therapy, whether it's a workshop. I did it on a Women's Day talk uh, on Monday. Um, I did it on my website, in my blog. It's always coming up because you want to create awareness for people as to why you struggle. Most of us sit with judgment, right? With an expectation and we wanted to control the situation and we obviously always love to be right. So those four in either individual capacity or joining together form the cycle of you struggling and suffering in relationships. Wow. That's so much to, um, to think about. And it's so powerful. Um, uh, I was thinking about a quote I read recently um, by Tony Robbins, and he was saying how we should think of our marriage as a place where we go to give more than we go to get. Um, and that really spoke to me as well. And I thought, you know, we women struggle, I think, in particular, we struggle with all of these things that you mentioned about judgment and control and we want things to go a certain way without even realizing sometimes we've put our judgment on a situation or we've subtly, we've manipulated the outcome of, of something. And I, think, I think we're quite good at doing that. We don't like to admit it. Um, also, um, what I realize is that at the end of the day, it always comes down to you as an individual, as a person, and you need to find ways to fill yourself up um, so that you can actually give to your marriage and give to your children. 
And the trick is to not expect that that filling up is going to come from another source. It needs to come from yourself. Um, and in so doing, you can um, give to your marriage and give to your children in a healthy way. Yes, um, let's, we, we move on to the last um, question as we end off. Uh, what is the secret to a healthy marriage? Uh, I, 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 you know, I was thinking about writing a <laughs> post. Uh, the, I haven't done a blog post in a really long time. But I wanted to write about uh, a conscious marriage. I always talk about conscious parenting constantly. And people think probably that's the only thing I know that I can do. But consciousness is a way of being. Um, it applies to every facet of your life, every relationship that you have. And to me, a healthy marriage is one that is conscious. And I don't have all the answers. Um, I'm the complete opposite of my husband. But what really helped our marriage grow was when... I worked on myself, number one, and I changed and I'm, I made myself happy. So you can have the perfect, in inverted commas, life, right, with a good husband and amazing kids. And you can still be miserable because it's about you. And the second thing that changed for me was learning love languages um, quite a few years ago, 2012 is when I discovered it. And it's an absolute game changer. It's what I do in my practice. It's what I teach when I do workshops. There isn't a person who enters my field of reference that doesn't leave and not, without knowing love languages and particularly their own. So the game changer in a healthy marriage is getting to know your partner's love language because you would be speaking your own and getting very upset when the other person isn't acknowledging or behaving back in a loving manner. You have no clue I guessed my husband's love language and I was wrong. And it took me two <laughs> years for him to actually, because he said to me, please don't bring your work home. Because um, it was things from work. And then my kids were eager. They did it. And two years later, eventually I broke my husband. I wore him down. You know, that child that says, can I have a sweet? Can I have a sweet? Can I was a bit like that. <laughs> and so I was like, then I, one night I just shoved my, my iPad under him and I said, just do this online. Um, because the paper one had been misplaced many times. So I and I sat there and I watched him until he finished it. And when it was done, I was like, this was nothing like I thought. And from that day on, I used every ounce of energy that I had to make sure I filled his love tank by speaking his love language. Because previously I had been doing the opposite. So I was really messing up and I had no clue. So I mean, if you can find out what your love language is. Um, we just go to Gary Chapman's website or Google him. That's your game changer. When my nieces got married, one is married two, almost three years, one's married two and a half years. Before they got married, I gave each of them the love language test with notes. I said, you're going to need this. And my nie one niece actually said to me, she says, oh, my word, she wouldn't have guessed that this is her fiance's love language. And I'm hoping they use it. If it was something that was given to me at their age, I mean, you'd start off with this because you're in love already with this amazing man and you have this good marriage, but you would have like a long term from day one, fabulous fireworks, magical marriage. And I mean, that's my dua for everyone that you actually get to that point where you, when you're with your partner, it's like coming home and everything just falls away and it's comfort, it's joy, it's laughter. It's just everything. It's a place to rest in. That is what a healthy marriage is. You shouldn't be running or hiding from it. It should be, 
the place that replenishes you, your, gives you energy to go out and be with all the other areas of your life. That's just, I mean, I sound like a real nut job, but that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, definitely. It should be a place of comfort. And it takes work to get there. It takes conscious um, effort. Um, yeah, and and hopefully this will help um, help married couples also um, to get the, um, your words. Thank you so much for your time, Shanaz. One last thing. Where can people go um, to contact you? So I've got a website called Happy Confident Me. You just Google that. You'll find me. I've got a Facebook page, um, Happy Confident Me. I've got an Instagram uh, handle, Happy Confident Me. You're just happy confident yourself all over the place. And you're bound to, <laughs> and you're bound to stumble across me. Um, I do regular posts. I try to give people information and tips and highlights um, that will serve them. I'm currently on Instagram TV. I'm focusing on coronavirus insights. I do weekly videos about a minute or more on just some of the things that I've realized um, during lockdown. So that's something I've done now this year. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel as well. I haven't done a video in a while, but there are um, videos on there about, I think, almost everything that I spoke about now. I think I may have made videos on facets of ego where I speak about judgment and expectations. So if people are liking that and they want to hear more, go to the YouTube channel. Also happy, confident me and, you know, watch those videos. But that's about it, I think. Okay, thank you so much. You truly are an inspiration and and your words, um, uh, it, it, it holds power and thank you for your time. Okay, I enjoyed the chat though. It's my second interview. I sh- I, yeah, so I, I can talk, you know, Halima, you give me the mic and I'm talking full stop. <laughs> <laughs> sure, maybe we'll have another one. Okay, definitely on love languages, make it on that. If ever okay. there's something that will help marriages and couples, it's that, that knowledge. I had a love language workshop last year for couples only. And you should have seen the faces of the people, the lights that went on, the giggles, the, you know, it was, it was powerful. It was my first time doing it couples only. I normally do just for children, um, but I did a, a couples one and you should have seen the people's faces. Um, it was like priceless to witness. Because a lot of what they didn't understand in their partner made sense. And a lot of things they didn't understand about themselves also made sense. So it's like double, double win. Yes. And it's so needed, I feel. It's needed and it's necessary um, to have that, especially also for the children. It's necessary mm-hmm. to have a solid marriage. Um, yep. so- I always say marriage is the base. I always tell people your marriage is your base from which your family grows like a foundation when you build and the crappy foundation is a crappy house you know cracks and this and leaks so a, a marriage that isn't solid and, and and resting in you know in a healthy conscious place will have cracks and leaks and these are your struggles that that come along and everyone the fact that my marriage is the way I described it isn't because it was always like that it really takes work um, it doesn't grow itself it doesn't nurture itself it's a conscious decision to put back into your marriage. A lot of people get married and they just think it's this, it's this fairy tale. Um, and you have to grow up. I mean, I first had to grow up as a person and as a wife and then as a mother. So each role I took on was giving me ways to improve myself that can enhance my relationships. 
I did not send my husband for therapy. I didn't send my kids for therapy so that they could be better for me. I sent myself to wherever I needed to go to grow. It's as simple as that. And our community, the Muslim community, is closed-minded. Coming to a therapist or a counselor is emotional support. It's having one person in your corner for that time that truly will not judge you and will support you. This is what I tell people. This is what I do. It's not about, you know, being ill or having issues. Or It's just about that one place. I mean, think about your whole life. Is there a place that is judgment-free? When you visit your mother, there's judgment. When you find your sister, there's judgment. When you talk to your husband, there's judgment. When you're on the... When you're with work people, there's judgment. There's just always judgment. But therapy is the place that gives you, I believe, a judgment-free environment. So that is my goal, to get more people to open their minds up, to come and get the support, you know, that they need to help them, you know, propel their life in whatever direction they need to go. Not because you're sick or there's something wrong with you. Just, you know. Okay, there I'm rambling on again. <laughs> we just went right back into the interview. After you greeted me, I realized, oh my word, I started a new topic and I went on. Yeah, I thought, give me a mic, give me a mic and I can go. Literally, and when I looked down, there was 20 minutes, it's now since 28. I'm like, okay, yeah, I really went off. Okay, but anyway. I'm, we'll keep it for another time. Yes, inshallah. Okay. <laughs> okay, assalamu alaikum. Thank you, salam. Okay. His and Hers is a weekly podcast where we climb out of our own world and visit the world of our significant other. And in so doing, we explore the power of perspective. My hope is for us to explore the beauty of relationships and to remind each other about how we can complement each other simply by shifting our perspectives.